0: hello what is up what is up <clears throat>
1: oh my gosh this day has been crazy
0: oh yeah well at least you're not in Syria
1: <laughs> yeah
0: so yeah. what happened today that was so terrible for you that a Syrian might say I gladly trade for this
1: <laughs> uh, I was just Running all day, all day long. Just getting the kids up, you know, uh, out the door by seven forty five and they're doing construction on my stairs. And oh so well, know hold on, was... let's
0: let's stop there for a second. At least okay. your kids have a school to go to. At least oh, you've gosh, got people right. to fix the stairs at your apartment instead of living in a place that doesn't have any stairs and is just a yeah. pile of rubble. Continue.
1: Uh, and then uh, so, uh, now I dropped off baby at his daycare.
0: Oh, wow. Your dog <laughs> has a daycare.
1: $38 a day.
0: I don't think I need to explain how <laughs> this one fits into my theme.
1: Okay. And then um, came back home, uh, went into work.
0: Oh, you have a home um, to come back to. Yeah. And you have a job home. to go to.
1: Yeah, there's a roof over my head.
0: A cushy job where you blabber. Yeah. For and then a few um, hours. at
1: 11, I got a call from the school because uh, Pete was in the nurse's office um, because he had a sore throat and I couldn't get him until noon. So, right after the show was over, I ran to get Pete. Uh, but while I was doing the show, I made a doctor's appointment for him uh, to get a strep test done.
0: Do you know uh, what happens in Syria? <laughs> what? If a kid's lucky enough to go to school, if they're lucky uh-huh. enough to go to school, the kid understands how lucky they are and they don't dare say, oh, I have a sore throat, I need to go home. And even if they did try to pull such a thing, the school nurse wouldn't call the parent. The school nurse would say, oh yeah, a sore throat, and they would call, they would make the kid yell for 15 minutes straight at the top wow. of their lungs. They'd I'm say, so lucky. They'd say, scream, little boy. <laughs>
1: Okay, so then I got Pete, uh, came home, made him some lunch, jumped back on for the podcast.
0: There's that food thing again.
1: Yeah, I had food to give him. Uh, finished the podcast around 1, uh, came back out, and oh, did I do anything between 1 and 2? I guess after one, yeah. So maybe I had like 30 minutes, 30, maybe 40 minutes of downtime. And then uh, we went to get Ellie. And then I dropped off Ellie at her grandma's house. And then uh, Pete and I went to the CVS for his little appointment. Uh, He has strep throat. Went home, got, wait, wait, and got, uh, went and got Ellie. Went home. Uh, Oh, I taught them how to do their own laundry.
0: (laughs) Yeah. I'm taking Uh, notes here. You know, the the fact that you were able to do a podcast means you have a computer, that you have equipment, that you have an internet connection. Mm -hmm. The fact you have grandparents around to watch the kids. Most people in Syria lost their grandparents a long time ago when they were uh, babies.
1: Yeah, they were bombed
0: teaching the kids to do laundry. Mm -hmm. One of the first things parents in Syria teach their kids to do is laundry and they have to do it with a washboard by hand.
1: Oh, in a river.
0: So continue continue to complain. Then you had an hour break where you were able to decompress and let the anxiety flow from your brain.
1: No, not even. Cause then I, uh, I had to take them to go get Pete's prescription at the CVS and then, uh, uh, we went to pick up baby. Access to medicine. And, and then I came home. We had to flip the laundry. We, I came upstairs. I cooked them dinner. Multiple uh,
0: meals in a day. Uh-huh.
1: Yeah, multiple meals. Cooked them dinner. Uh Pete and I did two pages of his kindergarten book. Um Pete took a shower. Oh, in the meantime, and like while After we did the two pages, I bleached my roots, which takes a lot of time and patience because if you miss a spot, then you're fucked. So I bleached my roots while they were while that was processing. Pete wanted to take a shower. So he was taking a shower, running water while while Pete was taking a shower. Ellie's stomach started hurting. And so I was helping her with that. Pete got out of the shower. I got in. I had to like rinse my hair out they had made a mess like none nothing had been cleaned up so like the kitchen is still full of food and things and um, then I'm putting them to bed and I'm still trying to clean up and then uh, here I am I just feel like I have vanity
0: vanity project uh, part of
1: it was a vanity Yeah, to get my roots roots.
0: and people would be so lucky to think about such things in Syria but they don't have time for that they have to think about survival how much food did you waste how much food was wasted
1: uh, none. I used leftover mac and cheese. And then I I cooked chicken.
0: Oh, but you had leftover.
1: Yeah, I have leftovers now. People in Syria don't have, leftovers. have leftovers.
0: They don't have leftovers.
1: They, have no, they don't even have a place for leftovers, even if they did have
0: leftovers. They don't. So I'd like you to retract everything you said as being bad and say, I'm so lucky.
1: I'm so lucky to have these problems
0: all of this was based on zero knowledge of Syria. I don't uh I mean I know that I know that things aren't good in Syria. I know that there's a lot of displacement. I know yeah. that there's civil war. But if you look at Damascus, it seems okay.
1: Yeah, it's like parts of Syria are incredibly uh sad and uh opposite of what they were. And then there are other parts that are Changed
0: in Damascus, water cuts and crumbling sewer systems. There you go. Does Syria have run oh, is water? Is that true? Okay, yeah. Public, wa- oh my god, what public water supply systems in Syria cover about 95% of the households in urban areas and about 80% in rural areas? I mean, that's pretty fucking good. <laughs>
1: Welcome to one topic where we stick to one topic, kind of. My name is Autumn Fisher.
0: My name is Greg Russ. Don't expect a lot of out of Autumn this episode because she's tired. She had a long day.
1: I did, and I still have more to do after this. It's nine thirty. It I don't get to go to bed.
0: Tiring day, and there's a kitchen to clean and a Ugh. carpet to vacuum,
1: and, and maybe a dog to take out before we all go to bed.
0: I can hold its pee and poop through the night.
1: Nah, he'll poop in the bathroom.
0: No, well, at least he goes into the bathroom to poop.
1: He's been favoring the rug, which is kind of nice. It's like not the <laughs> carpet where I can't see where it is. Like I can see it on the, the bath mat. So it is kind of nice when it's in there. But can, still, I try and take him. I try and get him to not do that.
0: You should get one of those fake patches of grass and just put it yeah. on your balcony. Your The balcony that you go on, like Rapunzel, with your long flowing hair that you're hundreds of feet in the air. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, the patio doesn't sound as fancy as a balcony and me calling it a balcony. It's it really yeah. kind of overplayed what it is.
1: It's a balcony. It's not a patio.
0: Well, it's a patio, but it it's a balcony because it's on the second floor. Yeah. But to me, a if balcony, it was a
1: concrete slab, that'd be a patio.
0: It is a concrete slab.
1: I mean, a concrete slab that's on the ground level. It's then just that's a, a patio. That's for a something.
0: lifted concrete slab. And, like, to me, a balcony's ornate with its railing and uh, the archway that leads to the inside with the French doors that swing open. And it's on a beautiful castle with gargoyles.
1: Gargoyles. So. That's also a balcony. uh,
0: But, yes, you're right. I'm I'm sure it says in the listing, balcony. Yeah. Because it's in the air. Hey, nobody was excited the other day that I wrote, meaning everyone on the radio show, that I Went to a concert and saw Lucinda Williams. And nobody, people are like, huh? I thought she was a big deal. I thought it was a big name. Isn't Lucinda? I don't even
1: remember you saying that.
0: Isn't Lucinda Williams something something big?
1: I know the name Lucinda Williams.
0: Maybe it's not What's as big her- as I thought, like the name is recognizable, but yes, the body of work off the top of my head. I was like, I don't know. But these people who talk music nonstop are going to say, wow, that is absolutely <laughs> amazing because she had a stroke yeah. a few years ago and she's back on oh. stage.
1: What's her like big hit?
0: But don't ask me. I'm not the music head.
1: I thought it was going to be that. <laughs> this said it you only the lonely can breathe.
0: I went to a concert. Uh, There's this guy, Jesse Mallon, who similar to driving and crying, well known in the music industry, well respected. Uh Other musicians love him. But if you take him out of New York, do most people know him? Probably not. But he sells out, you know, you can sell out a good size venue here. And so I ended up going to that show. And it was the first concert I've been to in a very long time. And I went with my friend Paul Cavalcante, who works at the radio stations here in New York, multiple stations. And he got us free tickets. So we were in the VIP area.
1: Wow. That's exciting. Which was
0: up in the balcony at the venue. But it was also the the area where other music people were hanging out, like industry people. Oh, my my, God. Like record. My fucking God. They're so self-important. And I recognized this when I worked in radio and I would go to concerts and they'd be around and the way they conduct themselves thinking they're hot shit because they had a backstage pass or something. And don't get me wrong. There are plenty of concerts I went to where I had an all access pass and I thought it was cool that I could just run around, but it didn't, I never thought that I was better than anyone because I had it. And there's just this air of superiority that a stench of it flows off of these people. And up in the balcony, there were some tables and on the table, there were uh, placards that say reserved for a certain person and I don't know who these people were, but they came in and they thought they were the hottest of the shits. And he <laughs> didn't like the fact that his placard wasn't in the best spot. So he just took it upon himself to move it. And then when you're in the balcony, if you're not up against the railing, it's a little harder to see. So that's a good sure. spot. And this guy is like six, eight, and pushes people out of the way and just proceeds to stand in front of everyone. <gasps> what? And I really wanted to bring it I, I' take it upon myself to just comes like who do you think you are and he's like who do you think you are and I'd say I'm fucking no one which is exactly what you are too because none of this fucking matters it's all made up shit do you realize that that your your sense of being is false you're a piece of you said shit this? no this is what I wanted to this was my oh, fantasy God. but I, I just it just got me thinking about this in general how people just tend to accept oh that person's important like granted I don't work in the industry anymore not in radio I am, but right. not in the level where I'm interacting with music people and record people. And I know that can be bad for your career. If you, if, if it is somebody who has some kind of power in the industry and you stand up to them. But I, I in general, I'm just thinking, so, so I guess the point of me saying that is it's easier for me if I had to something like that, because I don't have anything to lose,
1: mm-hmm.
0: but it's all made up. It's all absolute shit. And I this, mean, that
1: person, I'm sure people who actually are important don't do stuff like that.
0: Maybe. I mean, all this goes to people's heads. Record reps in yeah. general were some of the cockiest people, self-absorbed. They really thought they were imp- Like, to me, being a record rep, I'd be somewhat embarrassed because to me, it's like, I'm not in the band. Like, being in the band is what, that's the reason right. everyone is around, the band, and the people with no shame, they latch on to the people in the band. It's like, isn't, doesn't embarrass you a little bit? Like if that's your job and you like music and you get to do that for a living, that's pretty cool. It's like, I didn't have the talent to be in a band or I tried and I didn't, mm-hmm. you know, we didn't make it, but now I'm around this. But the way people latch on and use it as a stepping stone uh, in some way, like they're cooler and better than you because... I work with the band. I, was like, I would be very embarrassed if I ever used the band's name in any sort of way to raise myself above anyone else. You shameless prick.
1: <laughs> I mean, I think when I was younger, I enjoyed maybe doing something like that, like s- sort of knowing people within a band or, you know, like saying I'm with them or something. I did like that, but I didn't think that I was better than I just enjoyed getting the access that I felt like I didn't really totally deserve.
0: Don't get me wrong. It is cool, especially when we were younger and we were interns and you got access to music midtown or something. Yeah. Yeah. Because you probably had gone to music midtown before and you were stuck in the crowd and then suddenly you've got this access to Mm -hmm. foods and beverages and air conditioning. Yeah. A riser that's got a view of the stage. And you can see everyone perform, unless it's Bob Dylan who decides to give uh, the station a big fuck you and sits like thirty feet back on the stage, so you can't see him from from the riser. Do you remember what?
1: that? Yeah. Why do people give a shit about Bob Dylan? I'm sorry. Maybe that's a hot take. I don't like. I get poetry in music. That's fine. I think that's great. I love a lot of lyrics and and in music, but. To sometimes to not have a whole song where you don't have anything that you can sing along to <laughs> and it's
0: there's so some boring. there's some merit in that. the The person who pioneered that,
1: I guess, like I don't know it enough seems like it seems like a beatnik like slam poetry thing to do.
0: I don't know enough to speak about it. I'm sure that there's people that uh, would say Bob Dylan is the one who got the fame, but he doesn't deserve it. And there's other people who actually blazed the trails. I just I don't know.
1: I I like the Hurricane because it's it's a story you can follow it, and, and a hook. it has a, a it has a catchy hook.
0: Well. Bob Dylan did chase someone down once who was digging through his trash. Like this person continued to dig through his trash. And I don't, don't, it's a paparazzi type person. They were looking for something and he ran down the street and beat him up, punched him. That's pretty cool.
1: Yeah, that's cool. Listen, I'm not, I'm just saying I don't feel like he deserves this like deity status. He seems like a real fucking weirdo too. He is a weirdo. How tall is he? Do you think he's like 5'1"?
0: I know it is. All right, let's look up his height.
1: I feel like he's 5'7". It's not that short. then
0: but... he wears those hats, too. That gives him a, a little bit extra height.
1: <laughs> yeah, he seems very small.
0: And then he went electric and people hated it.
1: Oh, who gives a fucking shit? Oh, my God. <laughs> I'm annoyed. Whoa, it says that he only weighs 140 pounds.
0: I mean, who knows that?
1: Yeah, I don't know. But still, can you imagine? that? Maybe that's why I think that he's so smooth. He's for 81.
0: F- for 5'7", 140 pounds is probably not far off.
1: No way. 140?
0: I weighed myself the other day. I'm up to like 100. I mean, 207.
1: That's, that's nothing. You're fine.
0: That's a lot for someone who's barely over. You got over,
1: them stone bones.
0: Barely over 5'10". That's, that's. Yes, the dense bones is a thing, but. Uh, A lot of people don't buy into it. Like, yeah, right. I've never broken a bone.
1: Well, I've never broken a bone either, and I don't have stone bones.
0: Well, you uh, you I broke
1: a pinky toe once.
0: Yeah, well, there you go. You broke something. The only thing I ever broke was my nose, but that was kind of on purpose.
1: And that's not a bone.
0: I mean, there's a bone part to it. No. I I think it's the part I crunched.
1: That's your skull.
0: Yeah, it's part of your skull. That's what I mean. Like yeah, the bridge. you break the
1: cartilage. You're no, not breaking your bone. No, no, like the bridge. You break your nose. The
0: bridge of my nose. I, I think it. Uh,
1: that's cartilage. I
0: think it cracked.
1: No, that's not bone.
0: The the top of it.
1: The top of it is not bone.
0: The bone comes out a bit.
1: No, it goes down.
0: <laughs> well, whatever. It doesn't it go
1: out. It doesn't. It doesn't go out into space. It goes down.
0: I thought it came out just a little bit before it like went down and in.
1: I don't. Think so. I'm pretty sure it's all cartilage.
0: Let's look at a human skull. Okay. <laughs> yeah, see the very top. Look up human skull. And at the very top. There's some bone that comes out before it goes in. See? That's the oh, that's the area. Bone. I think I cracked that.
1: Maybe.
0: I'm pretty sure that was the area that I was putting
1: Did you bleed a lot?
0: Curling weights on. <laughs> Did
1: your nose bleed? A lot after that
0: uh no it didn't bleed a lot
1: then it didn't break
0: no i'm saying the bone cracked that's probably what happened the bone cracked a bit if it was the cartilage and the septum and all that i think then that's yes things would have started pouring out anyway that's <laughs> that's beside the point okay that uh bmi scale says i'm obese
1: well, fuck that BMI scale. We've talked about this before. It's all bullshit. It's based on a, like, it's based on something from like the 1915s and then even then it was based on something else dumb.
0: Yeah, but it still exists and perception is reality. Things, Perception's but... reality and people look at that and then they look at me and say, oh my God, you, you eating fat disorder. slob. You nasty pig.
1: Every, but think about how much people weigh. if you look at a group of people and they all have different body types and body shapes and heights and weights and everything oh not weights everybody be the same weight everybody looks different That's true yeah so
0: I don't have anything more I. to say about it I want to well we're going to backtrack we're rolling back the tape moving back past Bob Dylan before Bob Dylan talking about the yeah. access at concerts and what I was saying I don't wanna dismiss that. There is something cool about it and you get to experience it. Even in those instances, if a band came around, I was somewhat embarrassed. I was like, oh, these are the real cool people. And look at all these other people fawning over them. Like, hey, Mm -hmm. yeah, look, I'm here. I work in, there was a time when radio served a purpose when you really did have the power in radio to get a band's music out there and you could make them. You could make a career for a band if you pushed their record and you know, I think there was some enjoyment in that dynamic with artists and DJs, but you know, in the early 2000s, that was long gone, especially when you're playing classic rock and you're dealing with bands who have already made it and don't really need you anymore. (laughs) And they're nice enough to come in. And there's obviously a range. Some want to be there. Seemingly others clearly don't want to be there, but I just, I just, I, even at 99 X, I overdid it. Because I was uncomfortable. I was made uncomfortable by that dynamic. And I probably came off as cold and rude and an asshole. So the band's probably like, what what was up with that guy? Because you could have a real conversation. You could approach it and say, hey, thanks for being here. I don't think anything more of this than I'm glad that you're here. I don't think I'm fucking cool riding your coattails or some shit. And maybe they would have appreciated that and that would have gone somewhere. Maybe it could have gotten good interviews out of people. I feel like See, that's
1: your neuroses that yeah, well, stopped you from being like that.
0: You know, well, there's always an overcompensation, but uh, like going on stage and introducing a band, mm-hmm. the the crowd does not give a shit about you as a DJ.
1: Oh no, of course not.
0: So I used to go up there and I would, I guess I would just be weird too, because I realized like they would say, you're going up to introduce this band. And I would think I don't really want to do this, but I, you know, it was important to the radio station. And oh, whatever. I didn't want to come off as ungrateful. So I'd go up there and I'd say, Coming up, the killers in fifteen minutes. Like after the crowd the crowd roared. I'd like <laughs> no, here's what I'd say. Give it up for the killers. And like, wah, wah, ah, in fifteen minutes, and I'd walk away. <laughs> <What a dick. laughs> or the There were other times like you'd go up, like, hey, how's it going? And nobody cheers. Uh
1: Uh-huh.
0: And so my go-to line was your silence only makes me stronger. (laughs) And then I'd say, Give it up for the killers. (sighs) In 15 minutes. Or there was one time I got a I bought a pea coat and I thought it was stylish. And I went up there and I said, Hey, how's it going? And nobody cheered. Mm-hmm. And then I said, that's fine. Your silence. Cause I'm not going to do this. I can hear you. Let's come on. Man. Let's get louder. Like, oh, fuck. They look, they don't want to do it. I'm not forcing them to do it. So how are you doing? Silence. A few cheers. Uh, Your silence only makes me stronger. Uh, what do you guys think of my stylish peacoat? And I posed for a second and that surprisingly uh-huh. got a good reaction. And then I said, give it up for the killers <sighs> in 15 minutes. And I walked away. So, that was, so
1: what, why did you go out then? So why did, I mean, it seems like if you're being sent out on the stage, you're supposed to introduce them. So why was it 15 minutes later?
0: Um, and this has nothing to do with the killers. Uh, I was just using them as an example. Right, Some, yeah. Sometimes you would introduce the bands right away, but other times bands didn't want that. They didn't want to be introduced. Oh, okay. So you would have to go so, out early. I can't remember if like, uh, I probably didn't introduce the killers anyway. If, if the killers played yeah, a show like at 99X, that was someone else at the station.
1: Yeah, for sure.
0: That wasn't me. But that was that was the reason why sometimes bands didn't want the direct introduction. Okay. It was their stage. How dare you be on their stage? Which you know what? Fair enough. I'm up there playing pretend. I'm I'm famous. Look at all the people in the crowd. It's a cool perspective. Yeah. Did you ever introduce any of the bands? No, never. And you never got um, that. I
1: was only an intern back then.
0: You never got that thrill when you were on the radio.
1: No. It wouldn't matter. Nobody know, knew me. That's Nobody how. have known me. Yeah,
0: but then somebody would say that's how they get to know you. What would yeah. you have done? This was my chance. Yeah, what would your introduction have been? How would you have done it? I, I could see you hamming it up. Like sometimes, I want you to answer that. But sometimes they give you like liner cards and shit for yeah. you to promote. I was like, oh, fuck me.
1: I'm yeah, gonna... I would try and do that as best I could. Uh... But I think I would just try and be real, like, just excited. Hey, everyone, give it up for the killer! Woo! You know, something. There's no cool way to do it because to me, if I did it aloof, then I would be pretending and that's not authentic. And then if I did it announcer-y and, and like uber professionally, then that would also be inauthentic and lame. So I think I would just try and be, like, excited and happy.
0: You wouldn't do, like, jumping jacks or something?
1: Ew, no. Listen, you really, I don't understand what this is. There are times, like, you and Eric both sort of paint me into this thing where it's like, oh, you you love that kind of, (laughs) like, what?
0: No, I I don't. I think of the live lounges when we would do the Doctrine live.
1: That's just me. I'm not hamming it up. And, like...
0: there was something like Dr. Joe was around and you started flopping on the ground and doing the uh, Three Stooges thing where you walk on your side, like whoop, 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 whoop. Walking in a circle on the ground and <laughs> doing the worm and shit like that.
1: I did not do the worm. I might have done the whoop, whoop, whoop thing. No, I might not have. I don't remember doing that. I remember, being on, I remember him cracking me.
0: Yeah, so that's hamming it up a bit though, isn't it? No,
1: but that's not hamming. That's just me. Like hamming it up to me seems like i'm i'm um like i'm 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 doing more for attention or
0: fair Uh, fair you would do that in your living room yeah you do the worm i'm
1: just trying to experience the moment and not and sort of like continue to say yes to whatever moment i'm in you'd worm
0: your way through the apartment you'd i mean whoop whoop whoop
1: (laughs) if somebody said what is that I would try and get on the floor and do the whoop 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 whoop, <laughs> but I wouldn't be doing it for attention. It would just be like, uh, all right, I'll try it."
0: <laughs> all right, I retract it. You did do the yeah. stuff on stage, but you're right. This isn't—it's uh, not an exaggeration of any sort. No, it was just—I
1: mean, in a moment, in, as far as performing, there is a performative aspect to it, but it's—I—I—I I, I don't. It's not so out of character that. I'm just doing it because I need the attention or something, you know? <laughs> Cause I certainly don't, I don't mind sitting back. That's fine.
0: Also, at least in that instance, people are there to see the show and you're part of the show. So technically right. they're there to see you. In so some am I capacity. supposed to be
1: like, Oh no guys, <laughs> no, I'm not going to get on the floor. <laughs> it's like, Oh, come on, bitch. Well, like, say yes.
0: I'm, I'm one to pay attention to how the crowd's reacting when something like that happens. And I have to say, it's a little uncomfortable.
1: Well, because that's your neuroses. Because you're thinking about the people that won't like this. They're embarrassed and for I'm you. Just,
0: They're like, oh, right. my God, Autumn. What you but
1: doing? I'm not neurotic like that, so I don't really care. Yeah.
0: I mean, you're putting on a show. so I, I don't I, I don't feel the need to make you feel bad for it.
1: No, I know. I'm not. I'm not feeling bad.
0: And like I said, at least in those instances, instances people are there to, to see you, to see the show. Uh, not like at a concert where... Then the record wraps like, oh, yeah, I was hanging out exactly. with those guys.
1: See, that's oh, You want to
0: snort some Adderall with me, man? Sorry I ran out. I thought I had some extra.
1: <laughs> but no, that's my point. I wouldn't go out there on the stage expecting them to be excited for me. I'm with them excited about what's going to happen after I stop talking. You know what I mean? Yeah. And that's how I think I would approach it.
0: Remember the band Jet? Yeah. And, uh, there was Are, a
1: couple of bands like that, right? It was like two bands that had like three letter names.
0: Are You Gonna Be My Girl was their, their biggest hit, I think. Yeah. Um, from Australia. They were playing a show for 9 and X and hanging out backstage. And like a, a conversation with them started, the lead singer and me started organically. I think we were probably around the same age. Maybe they were a few years older than me at that point. And they were just hanging out at Phillips Arena in the referee's locker room. That was their <laughs> green room for NBA games where the refs would, would get dressed and go to the bathroom okay, and stuff. Got it. Uh, and yeah, he called me in. He's like, come have a drink. And I was like, okay. Like, cause this felt real and I didn't feel like I was imposing and-
1: right. Uh, I Right, like trying you were to f- trying to get, like weasel your way in.
0: Yeah, and like I talked to him and he, he got really nervous before shows still. And he in essence just got drunk, the lead singer. Oh. And he's like, I'm drinking this wine. I still get nervous about shows. And then they like, took the stage and he commanded the stage. But I could also tell he was drunk. But I don't think other people could have. Like I, It was just me knowing how much he had to drink and watching him drink throughout the rest of the show. I was like, man, that dude's got to be drunk, but he's still putting on a really good huh. show. But that was very humanizing to me. We forget sometimes yeah. that all these people are fucking people. And right. even if you are in a big band... And I know that shit goes to people's heads. Like I don't buy into that, and I can't say for sure that it wouldn't happen to me if I were in that spot. I like to think it wouldn't happen to me.
1: That what wouldn't happen to you? Like
0: it, I would become cocky, and it would all go to my head, and I would think I was better than other people. But you know, it's got to be tough when people are singing your praises constantly, and you're having everything done for you, and people roll the red carpet everywhere you go. Maybe over time, it is it's impossible to not fall into that trap.
1: I think the hardest part would be um, needing certain things, having certain expectations that aren't actually outside of the realm of what you actually need. Like you're not being ridiculous. You know, fame has gone to your head um, mentality. You could actually just need these things. And if they're not being provided, then you have to tell someone and then it it sort of like it's like um you're trying your best not to be a diva but then the fact that you are requiring certain things makes you feel like you're asking too much and then anybody with any kind of chip on their shoulder if you're talking to them and you're you're sort of demanding these things that you actually do need then if they have like I said, they have the chip on their shoulder and they're gonna be like, this guy, oh, this person, like, oh, they were yelling at me and they they need oh, they needed their water, you know. And so it 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 does sort of turn into that thing where you have to have people around you to sort of do the dirty work. You know, you could like you gotta tell the middle person to say, like, hey, this thing that we require is not here.
0: I'd apologize constantly though. It's like, yeah, I know, I need this, but I'm sorry. I'm sorry you're having to do this.
1: I know, but then some people don't respect you for it or something. I don't like that structure.
0: That's why I don't like going to restaurants. I hate being served. Yeah. I don't want someone bringing me my food and waiting on me. It's disgusting. (laughs) It's not disgusting. I don't like it. I don't like it. See,
1: again, that's your neuroses.
0: And so if I were in a band or in any position of fame, how would you live? (laughs) I'd be constantly apologizing. But it, like, I get, you know, for some people it must also be hard because other people really do look at you as not being just a person. Like you are something special and yeah. losing sight of the fact that you're just a person. And then you're surrounded by all these people who look at you that way. When things pop up, like you're feeling sad or something, it's like, mm-hmm. what the, no one really even thinks about it. I don't, I, I wouldn't assume like whatever. Why would you f- feel anything other than great all the time? Because look at who you are, look at who you are and, and what you do.
1: You've seen that Katy Perry, uh, that part of her documentary where she and Russell Brand finally like broke up, and she was in the makeup chair like sobbing, and they were waiting for her to give the okay whether they were going to continue uh, to get her prepared for this show, where you know, you know, thousands of people are in this arena, um, waiting for her to start the show, uh, and or or whether they were going to cancel it and they were kind of giving her the opportunity like we can cancel it if you need to you know and she was just like sobbing in this chair she was so sad and then eventually she's like start todd you know like, <laughs> the makeup person and then he just like start get, get getting her ready and then um you know she's walking through the building she's getting up to where she's supposed to be she's sobbing on someone's shoulder there's a makeup person there trying to like fix her up and then she's standing on a little platform with her like spinning lollipop boobs with a glittery <laughs> microphone and this like platform is going to raise her up through the stage and she has to like plaster on a smile and just do her show.
0: And people on stage, not even think, like, I'm sure that they knew about the breakup because it was highly public. But
1: well, not in that moment. I'm saying like right then. It oh, so happened.
0: it just happened. Yeah. And it hadn't been written about yet.
1: I think that they knew the people backstage. Like, I think all the people around her knew what was going on. But nobody in the stadium. Can you
0: imagine, though? Like, there is this idea that the show must go on. and
1: Well, and that's what she did. Because if you think about it, it's like there are thousands of people, you know, yelling your name. And they've all, you know, worked hard to get there. Maybe they've gotten, like, babysitters. (laughs) like You know, traveled miles to get there. Maybe they've spent a bunch of money. And it's like, what do you do? You're sad. Well...
0: Oh, maybe a good uh, antidote for that is going on stage and having people shower you with adoration well, I'm sure it can help
1: distract you at the very least.
0: Yeah. But when you're also married to someone famous, it's not as uh, it doesn't hit as hard. Like what it's supposed to happen is you're in high school and someone dumps you and that's your motivation. Like, fuck you. I'm going to get famous. I'll show you. <laughs> and that's what drives you to fame. And then when you're on stage uh, and everyone's cheering for you, you look over and you see your ex. And you say, fuck you, look at me now. But when you're dating someone who's also famous and also goes on stage and also gets cheers with a live audience, Mm -hmm. you can't really throw that in their face. Like, oh, yeah, you also get it.
1: Well, that's not a real way to get over something anyway.
0: (laughs) Yes, it is. That's the best way. (laughs) No, it's the worst way. (laughs) Spite is the most powerful motivator in the world, at least for me.
1: Is that true? Honestly, for real?
0: Uh, it, I, I, it can really get me going. Yeah. I like the idea of getting people back without them even knowing it. So, <gasps> See, so,
1: What, what is that motivation?
0: It's just nice because.
1: Well, it's not nice.
0: It's like, I don't even need you to know that it was me. I just need you to know that something shitty happened. And it's better that you didn't know it was me because it proves how fucking stupid you are. You thought you could get one over on me. You thought you could treat me like shit. You thought I would slink away, but I stuck around for 15 years to put this plan in action. And at the end of it, you've <laughs> lost they, all well, your they haven't hair.
1: they thought about you once. You've lost all really, your whatever.
0: fucking hair. Yeah, well, it teaches them a you lesson. And I said, it teaches them a lesson. And then they have to think next time they treat someone like shit. It's like, will this haunt me for the next decade? I don't want people to rest. I want them to be, become paranoid. I want them to think about their actions and that there are consequences. And sometimes the consequences aren't so blatant and in your face. Or what?
1: That you're successful and they are also found their own success?
0: I'm not talking about success. i was just I just in general. I'll enact, just moving on? I'll enact a plan. This, this wasn't about success. I was just saying in instances of bands, sometimes uh-huh. people use success as a way to one up know, another but person. So,
1: that's so childish.
0: It is childish. We are childish. We're dumb creatures.
1: I'm but. childish in ways where I'll whoop, whoop, whoop on the ground. But I don't feel like I'm childish in the way of like, everyone's, I need to get revenge.
0: Everyone's trying to put one over on someone else. That's why this hierarchy exists in the first place. Why you go to a show and you've got industry people pushing other people out of the way, thinking that they're some something special in the VIP area. And, yeah,
1: because those people suck.
0: And this extends out. Like, I was thinking of it. Just, I know that you have to have order and that these structures have to exist, but it's like police. As I get older, it's like, in mm-hmm. police are 22 years old. I was like, what the fuck? <laughs> if you told me I would have to listen to you? Yeah. It's pretty fucking weird. And at work, when uh, you're boss, it's like you're just a. Person who probably doesn't even know what the fuck they're doing. You're not a good boss, yet somehow you have this power over me. And where does that come from? It's just because we all said so. It's just a structure that was created because people said yes to it, and we could easily just break it down. I I think a lot of this also came out of the stuff that was happening with TikTok and Congress, and they call them in.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: And if I if I were the CEO of TikTok, and Congress is using me to put on a show. I would want to say, what the, uh, fuck you. This this is nothing. Can we just
1: shake off all of this, um, like, fakery and just speak like actual people? Not like, you're going to get one over on me by asking me questions where I can only say yes or no, even though the answer is more nuanced. Like, I don't want to play this game.
0: And your power is there because we all say it's there. And it's given to you by the people, ultimately, and they can take it away. But... (laughs)
1: That one guy that's like so when TikTok's connected to my Wi-Fi does TikTok have access to my Wi-Fi? And yes,
0: he's like, "Uh, I idiot. mean, yeah, it's access to gotcha. my Wi-Fi." He's like,
1: "Yeah." Yeah, he's like, "So TikTok is connected so I he, TikTok is gaining access to my personal Wi-Fi." He's like, "Uh, yeah."
0: It's just this idea <laughs> though. Yeah. Yeah. it's like I was like, "You're an idiot. You're a <laughs> fucking moron. Are you kidding me?" Like, what's your point here? What are you getting at? Yeah, what are you at? trying to say? I don't know if what you're you... trying to trap me or you just are dumb and you don't understand See, that any would be, of this. That
1: would be great if somebody would respond yeah, in but like you a, have to a really respect. honest way.
0: you have to respect it. It's the halls of Congress and the chambers. Uh,
1: no, I'm, I mean, what you're talking about is I think what a lot of people are experiencing, which is uh, is it apathy? Where it's just questioning like it's it's that nothing nothing that we've held in esteem has panned out to actually be worth its merit. So now when we're confronted with new situations like for example this like tw- uh, a TikTok thing with Congress we're like who the fuck are you? What are you talking about? And then the fact that we're approaching it that way we're we're able to see that they don't know what they're talking about.
0: That's the biggest thing. When I was younger, you assume that these people earned those spots. They got there for a reason. Right. You know, they know what they're talking about. Which in a about. way they did, but... Yeah, but it's not that you grow older, and you realize the reasons they got there. Yes, there's always a reason they got there, but it's not the reasons you thought and that these are really just people who are just in that spot and a lot yeah. of it is arbitrary. Yes, you have to put right. forth the effort to get there. You have to come up with a plan of how you're you going to, to do it. You have
1: to know things about, you know... Yeah, but Whatever for the most part,
0: do. you realize it's just a fucking person, and they really yeah. aren't that much smarter than anyone else. And somehow, though, they're in this position. And I think, for me, that realization causes it all to crumble. You have right. to have structure and hierarchy and people in positions of power and authority. But when you see them be complete idiots, you know, like that, what? You are there and then you realize that they can tell you what to do. Fuck. No. I don't yeah. I don't buy into this as
1: much anymore. There was a thing that Adam Carolla said when he talked about really shitty cops that were like giving you shitty little parking tickets and being real dickheads and like, you know, extreme letter of the law type of bullshit tickets that you get and he was like, "Is this what you Is this what you intended when you became a cop? Like, this is what you wanted to do? You know, because you think about people that want to be cops where they want to, like, slide over the hood of a car and, like, say, like, we have no time for backup. (laughs) But here you are just writing some shitty shit ass ticket.
0: (laughs) Maybe it's some of that anger that forms when that's your job that you give even more people tickets in the process. Mm hmm. Look, if you're in a position of power, I think there should be some humility and say, look, I know that I have power and I'm going to be aware of that and respect that and try to be careful with it. Yeah. But that's not what happens. You get people in well, power. Well, because
1: that can be taken advantage of. Well, they, and so you have to be to. They flaunt it
0: and they love it and they rub it in other people's faces and they step on other people's faces. On all these levels that I've listed. You know, going to a concert, who cares if these people are there? I could move away and watch the concert. And, you know, that's ultimately what I did. I didn't obsess over this all night. But thinking about it, it's like, why are you doing that? Mm-hmm. And that makes me just want to tear it all down, burn it all down. If there were a way to do it, I probably would. I just know that you can't. <laughs> there's like, there's nothing I can ultimately do. You can yell at a person and tell them to fuck off and speak your mind on the issue, but what's that going to But then to you also have to
1: live in a society and part of living in the society is accepting some like weird rules and structures that we've created.
0: Has it always been this way? Do people in positions think, of power I, always abuse the... Like, you Think of a teacher, for example, and like, oh, that person's the smartest person in the world. Yeah. And they're like, eh, they probably weren't.
1: Yeah, I learned that in Sixth grade, when my teacher was like afraid of us and said that I was in a gang and that I did heroin because I had a bent up spoon on my backpack. I was like, What the fuck are you talking about?
0: I mean, people do bend spoons to do heroin.
1: Yeah, I know, but I was, you know, I was who I was. Hello. And I'm in sixth grade. She was just like so freaked out. Anyway, she was an idiot.
0: What kind of gang were you in? Did it have a name?
1: Yeah, we were Valhalla.
0: <laughs> okay.
1: <laughs> <laughs> and I was Juji. And this I think is... Paris, my friend Paris, was Spoon Man. or well, something. I so said
0: this is real.
1: Yeah, <laughs> but we ma- weren't a gang. I thought
0: you were making that up on the spot.
1: <laughs> no, it's How real. the fuck did
0: you learn about Valhalla in middle school?
1: Because Paris was uh, Indian. Okay. <laughs> P-A-R-A-S.
0: Is Valhalla Indian? I thought it was uh, Viking.
1: Oh well, still, I feel like he might know. <laughs> I don't know.
0: I mean, yeah. I don't
1: know why he knew about that. People
0: could learn about things. I'm not saying.
1: Yeah, <laughs> it but, is Norse.
0: Yeah, it was just. <laughs> it was like, yeah, so you said Indian. Maybe like, it was oh.
1: an Assassin's Creed.
0: But it's middle school.
1: Yeah. Oh.
0: Again, you can find out information. It's just a little harder to find out information. You can't just you know stumble across it because someone on YouTube was talking about it and get really interested in it.
1: I'm not sure why. I guess I assumed that.
0: Did you ever I ask something about it?
1: About no, what I just it... knew what it was. Also, okay. I mean, I just kind of guessed what it was.
0: What did yeah. you? Th- what was your guess?
1: That it was like heaven or something. Is it? I don't know. I think. I still would guess right now that that's what that is.
0: I mean, I guess it's a type of heaven, but it's something like the warriors go there from what I remember.
1: Oh, okay. Just looking up Valhalla and then India, there's a trip advisor for the 10 best Indian restaurants in Valhalla. So, so maybe it's a place in India.
0: <laughs> but the Valhalla, I I hope that your gang was named after the city in India. Then. <laughs> yeah. And not the-
1: It very well could have been. <laughs>
0: And not the, is there even a, I don't even know if there is a city in India named Valhalla.
1: I don't either, hold on, I'm looking at this. Indian restaurants in Valhalla.
0: What I see is there's a Valhalla, New York and there are Indian restaurants there. That's what I'm seeing.
1: Oh, I'm Um. seeing that as well. Oh boy. Oh man.
0: Well, if the teacher had heard this, she'd say, oh, you're not in a gang. This is nothing.
1: I bet you she wouldn't know. She's like, what? She was real southern and stupid.
0: I've got nothing to fear. These kids are dumb. When you are a kid, though, think of adults in general. You, mm-hmm. you, adult tells you to do something. Like, obviously, you get to an age where then you're like, fuck you. I'm not listening to you. But when you're young enough, an adult, all adults have authority and power. And are like, oh, okay. I'm sorry.
1: Yeah. Well, it was a long time. That I didn't feel like I was going to get in trouble. You know, or like I wasn't doing something independently. That I wasn't like sneaking around. Like I was just living. (laughs) You know what I mean? I think one of the first times that's changed was when a kid was being bad. And they didn't have a parent around. And I looked at them and I was like, I was the adult to them. And I was like, told them to stop or like, hey, no more of that. (laughs) You know, something like that. (laughs) Yeah. I was like, oh, because... I'm the adult
0: until one day they're ten. I don't know what age it happens when they start to talk back. You're not my mom. Ew. Maybe that's- even
1: so. I mean, I've I've told pretty tall kids to like knock something off. Like, stop it. <laughs> I don't know how old they were. I, mean, I don't think they were twelve, but they were probably like ten.
0: Where do there teens- were all these
1: kids at the thrift store, and they were like.
0: That's where they hang they out. Were, 10 year olds are hanging out around. The, I mean, were they there alone?
1: No, their parents were probably shopping and doing other things and like letting their kids go off, but they were running around and they like had something from the toy section. And they were just like paying no mind that they were in public. And I told them to stop. I was like, hey, that's enough of that. Put that stuff away now. Mean. They're like, huh.
0: mean lady. Yeah, I, I feel like these days, they go tell their parents, and their parents would come find you.
1: Not at the thrift store. Who the at the thrift fuck? store, they were probably like, What'd you do? <laughs> you know, who like, the
0: fuck do you think you are talking to my sweet child? No, that's
1: white parents.
0: Oh, yeah, that is true. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Stupid white people. Yeah. What idiots.
1: What? I don't consider myself involved with people who are white.
0: Sorry, you are. I'm really leaning into being Jewish.
1: <laughs> you are.
0: So I'm not white. I'm Jewish. Hmm. It's because I didn't Well, per- per- I might also be Jewish. No, you can't. Why? You take that twenty three of me ain't gonna show up for you.
1: Somebody in my family's Jewish.
0: Then I need to see proof. I could show okay. you some good proof for me. I,
1: I have proof.
0: I'm embarrassed That's to be white.
1: Ancestry. I'm
0: not ashamed to be white for being white because of history and stuff. That's not what it's just white people these days that embarrass That's me. what I
1: mean. Just like I don't consider myself uh what is it? Oh, there's a difference between, oh, being straight and heterosexual. I and I feel like I don't know if I I'm want to go down this straight. path. I'm straight. I'm not heterosexual. What's
0: the difference?
1: People who are heterosexual are in like hetero hell. You know, like, well, where, where they'll do like gender reveals and they uh, have matching outfits that they wear somewhere, and, you know, make, they, they do like fall time family pictures or like lame engagement pictures on like a railroad crossing, you know, stuff like that. That's hetero. Okay. And I'm just straight.
0: Okay. I'll give it to you. Thank you. <laughs> and going back to what I said when I said I'm not uh, ashamed of what, what people did in the past. I mean, I look back on things that white people did and, and being white myself, I, I, I don't internalize it. I'd say that was shitty. Those people were shitty.
1: Yeah, of course. Fuck
0: what they did. I But I don't carry around that guilt, but I do carry around the embarrassment of being white these days because of today's white people. So I wanted to clarify that. I wasn't justifying what happened in the past. I just, uh, I view it through that lens. I'm like, yeah, that was fucked up. Fuck those people! If they were around, I'd, you know, stomp on their throat. Yeah, it's fun to stomp on people's throats. They gasp for air. They can't breathe. They can't talk. Oh my god, that's the way to go.
1: Jesus Christ, <laughs> <laughs> it's intense.
0: You ever, you ever stomped on a person's throat? No,
1: no, I you, haven't.
0: You got to try. There's real authority. We need yeah. throat stompers. <coughs> you know, when I when I have my fantasies Choke of my spit when I have my fantasies of being in positions of power where like I've been, uh, told by some government agency that you're allowed to bash a person's knee. And if they're causing trouble for other people, I take that seriously. Like I don't do that out of this fantasy. I'm not doing that for fun and I wouldn't just bash any knee. It's like, look, wow, this is a great responsibility that I've been given and I need to use it in instances I need to be careful what instances I use it in. So I look for the people that if they were in my position, they would abuse it. That's ultimately the test. So someone blasting music, uh, not caring that there's someone else on the train with an ear infection who it hurts their ears. Uh, you know, that's the kind of person who, if they were in the spot on the government mm-hmm. agency that was given a pipe to go bash and knees, they would abuse that power.
1: That's where you yeah. Uh-huh.
0: I just want to say that. I understand the need for this structure. And if I was ever in a spot, I would take it very seriously. And I would not, everyone would get bashed. Most people wouldn't just those that only think about themselves and only care to prove that they're better than other people or above other people. And I think for the most part, people would say, thank you for that service, sir. And I would be a role model for children and they'd come up to me and I'd say, yes. I am a person who knows what they're doing. I am a person who earned this spot and I'm a person who is going to take it very, very seriously. And that's what you should do when you grow up. Don't just go get power for the sake of it. Mm -hmm. Don't shit on other people for the sake of it. Don't ride the coattails of a band because you weren't good enough. So you got into a record company. And then you talk about the band like your best friends when they really laugh at you behind your back. Don't do any of that stuff. Get good at something. Look out for other people. And when you do get to that spot, don't take it for granted. Don't overdo it. That's all I've got.
1: My second great grandmother was Hedwig Lowenstein.
0: What does that mean? You think because of Steen's in there that she's Jewish? Yeah.
1: Well, and she's from Baden-Württemberg, Germany.
0: I need to see DNA.
1: I mean, it's in my ancestry.
0: I need to see the chart.
1: She was my great-grandfather Aurelius's mother. And Aurelius had Richard. And then Richard had... Christiane and Christiane had me.
0: Alright. Well Let me see the chart.
1: Alright. I don't know how to Alright, thanks everybody. Um Like and subscribe, rate and review, tell your friends. Okay, bye.